Hello, hello, everybody. How's everybody doing today? It is Tuesday today. I know I have no idea when it's going to be for you guys, but for me recording, it's Tuesday. And it, you know, the sun is finally starting to come out. I live here in San Diego, California, and we've had the most gloomy winter lately. And so for the sun to come out, I, you know what? Everyone's just smiling more. You're seeing everybody a little bit more happy. I didn't know there's something called seasonal depression until I talked to one of my buddies. He lived in New Jersey. And in the wintertime, you literally get depressed. And I didn't realize how much the sun and just being outdoors makes you so much happier. So now that we're kind of breaking our cycle over here in San Diego, we're finally getting our uh, sunshine tax, so to speak, since everything's so more expensive over here than everywhere else. But uh, it is nice to finally see the sun, get outside, breathe. So I'm just in a happier mood already. Uh, the you know the summer solstice is coming up next week, so we're going to be able to uh, have the longer mornings, the longer nights. And I tell you what, getting them at 5 a.m. and having the sun just coming up, it's it's pretty cool for the workouts. We're very much enjoying that. So I hope you guys are having a great day. Um, a lot of good feedback from the book. I got into some really good in-depth conversations with another CEO of another company about my infrastructure book. So if you guys haven't downloaded it, please download it. Uh, you can go to AaronClemenger.com, the infrastructure booklet, download it. It's free for you guys. Uh, those seven different steps are really going to help your company grow. And just in its basics, but it's a first step on getting on the right path. So go ahead and download that book. If you guys haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, please go ahead and do that. You can go ahead and find us at the AC Method. I'm going to go off kilter on this podcast. I'm going to go very, very left to what I normally talk about, but it's very important for a lot of us to talk about this. And I'm going to be talking about relationships. And one of the things I want to talk about is a good relationship versus a bad relationship and some of the, the points around it. You as an owner, you have a relationship with your employees. You have a relationship with your coworkers to make sure that they're doing well and that they're uh, striving and growing better. For me, and I, this is something that was a fault of mine for a long time until I embraced it. You have a relationship with every single person in your company. And I always thought that that was a bad idea. I always thought you shouldn't have a relationship with them. You shouldn't go out for drinks afterwards. You shouldn't gossip behind other people's back. You shouldn't have that type of relationship. You should be very strictly work-related. And I was wrong in that thought process. You should have a relationship. You should invest in that person. And you should invest with them as a person to make them grow. I'm not saying hang out after hours. I'm not saying get in the gossip, but you should invest in their growth. And with that being said, each person has a different relationship. Think of your two closest buddies. Do you have the same exact relationship with each one of them? Probably not. You're still the same person. You still have a relationship with each one of them individually, but it's different. Now sprinkle 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 different people that you're working with every day that's a lot of different relationships and a lot of different ways you want to attack it. So I kind of want to, I want to talk about some good relationships and bad relationships, and I'm going to go into some of the personal, I'm going to go into some of the work related to show you some examples of what you see that looks healthy, but really isn't. And then ones that are truly healthy. Number one, people that never, ever bicker. That's a bad relationship. Sounds, sounds bad, right? sounds like, no, Aaron, you're wrong. No, well, maybe hear me out. If you see a couple that never, ever bickers, no matter what, one person says something, the other person complies, that is a, a that's a master-servant relationship. That is not a co-equal, that's not equal there. And I see this all the time in the workplace. You speak, the other person goes off and does it, they come back, and they sit there and they wait. I, all the time, during my consulting, talk about 
how to make everybody natural porn leaders. How to everybody be their own boss when they walk in the front doors and know what's going on. If you see a person never ask a question, if you see a person never question why we're doing it this way, and they're just being a taskmaster, that is a horrible relationship between you and that individual. What happens is, is that person is not growing. They're not learning. They're not expanding. All they're doing is doing what the task sets involved to them. They've almost shut their mind off and says, tell me what to do next. Tell me to chew my food when I put it in my mouth. Tell me to breathe when I need to. These are innate things that should already be knowledge. You should already know about all this stuff as you move through life. So as they come into the workforce, they should know that once they're done with the project, they enter the materials and then they grab the next project and educate themselves in it. They should know to clean up their work here before they go to the next one. They should have all these innate ideas into their world because what's going to happen is if they're a taskmaster and you're not there, you're going to have zero productivity out of this individual. And that's what's really going to hurt you. So the first thing was, if nobody ever asks a question or if nobody ever questions why we're doing it that way, you have a master servant relationship and that's never going to work. You need someone that's going to be able to see all the way through and broaden the horizon and see all the parts of it. Another part of a relationship, when they bicker too much, the exact opposite side, there's that middle row, there's a happy medium in all relationships to make sure that there's a good balance between good ideas, bad ideas, which way is the best course of action. I will tell you in my relationship, I ask her opinion all the time. She asks my opinion all the time. And sometimes the opinions that we give don't match with the other person's thought processes. And instead of getting defensive, we look, we look at each other and go, well, I was going to go this way because of this reason. She says, I'm going to go this way because of why reason. And we go, oh, your way is better. Let's go that way. And then we have a chance to have a dialogue back and forth. And I truly believe that's the best relationship. Do you have employees that every single time you say something, they push back? I know I used to have them. I don't anymore because I don't allow them in my company. I actually changed the culture of my company enough that if somebody keeps pushing back all the time, they're just looking to bicker. And I hate to tell you this, they're just cranky. They're just cranky individuals that that you're just mad at the world. And that is uh, not a healthy relationship in the workforce. If they push back all the time, they're cranky all the time. If they're always just, you know, well, that's a bad idea. Well, can't wait to see how this works out. Well, we'll try. You know, you instantly just know that that negativity is there. And that is not healthy for your environment. You're going to want to either try, you know, and this is the steps that I take personally for me. If I have a negative person, I'm going to pull them aside and I'm going to go, how's your day treating you? You okay? Is there anything I can do to help you? I think it might be best if we, you know, change your attitude a little bit. How can I help you? And I want to see if they can just blow off some steam and get right back on the right track. One of the other things that I do is I say, hey, do you? Do you need to go home for a little bit? You know, you want to take the day off and recharge and come back? You know, I'm going to ask him if they can reset in front of me, or I'm going to ask them to go home and reset. Now, I like the second one to go home and reset if they can't change their attitude right off the bat, and this is why. If we go home to reset, we took away money out of their pocket. We took them out of their normal environment, their own circular. If your job is to get up, you go to work, you come home, you make dinner, you go to sleep, you get up, you go to work, come home, you make dinner, you go to the back. If you keep that same cycle, after a while it gets repetitious and that repetition kind of just, 
you get bored. It breeds, not, I wouldn't say resentment, but it's just your boredom. And then you get a little cranky because there's no creativity. There's no fun. By breaking that cycle, sometimes that's all people need. You know, it might suggest you might want to take a couple days off. Go do something that you like. Go reinvest in a hobby that you've sat down and put down for a long time. But reinvest yourself. I'm telling you guys this because the last two consulting gigs that I went to, I was watching bad relationships with the boss and the coworkers. And those relationships were detrimental to the culture of the company. They were absolutely brutal to where it came from on how to make a very uh, efficient, happy team, a good cohesive atmosphere to where everybody's excited to get the job done, excited to make the customer happy, excited to do a job well done. You know when you're in a good mood and you do a good project and you're proud of it, as you should be. You should be super proud of a project. You know, I, I we're building a, a retaining wall in our backyard right now, and it's a big retaining wall. It's eight feet tall. It's 122 feet long. We had to use the 12-inch cinder blocks in the bottom for the first four feet and then 8-inch cinder blocks for the rest of it to make the height. We had rebar. We had um, all kinds of stuff. We had trades out there. And I was basically the cleanup guy. I ran around picking up all the old cinder blocks. I was doing the dump runs. I was cleaning up everything else. And it was all said and done. This is a beautiful wall. The rest of the area was clean. It wasn't dirty. It wasn't a mess. And there was pride. There was pride in me. There was pride in the team that was out there on the trades. Everyone was high-fiving each other when it was done. It was awesome. We had a good atmosphere. That's what you want inside of your four walls at all times, right? You want to be happy when you go to work. You want to be happy when it's there. And unfortunately, owners, managers, bosses, that's your responsibility to make sure that happens. That is your job to make sure that happens. So you guys have to look at each person individually. You have to have a relationship with each individual. And you have to make sure that they're in a good mood and they're being productive. I will tell you that this is probably one of the most detrimental things that we have ever seen in all of the cultures and all the companies that we go to. We're teaching how to do organizational software. That's what we do. And every single time we go to do the organizational software, we teach it 70 or 80% of the time. But the other 30 to 20% of the time, we're actually fixing companies of their bad habits. And a lot of those bad habits came from the crankiness of employees because they didn't feel, they didn't feel good. They didn't feel the right way. Now let's flip the script. Let's go the exact opposite way. Why would an employee employee feel upset or feel cranky or feel, um, you know, just, just frustrated. And we see this on the flip side the owners are not investing in them. They think they're a number instead of a human being. The owner also doesn't appreciate them and their thoughts. You know, we're human beings, even as an owner of a company, I'm a human being. I make mistakes. I'm doing the best I can. I learn from my experiences. I put forth my best foot forward. But even then, there's always room to make it better. And if I'm not listening to my employees, if I'm not listening to my team to make it better and they have a good idea, I'm not doing them any justice. I'm not respecting them at all. And I'm basically hurting my company by saying that I'm the best. I know what's best. So you as an owner need to be able to take criticism, constructive criticism, very easily. That should be like second nature. I will tell you for me personally, I love criticism all the time because it makes me better. People that criticize me in a constructive manner, they're my close friends instantly because I know that they are trying to help me do better. They're trying to help the company do better. They're trying to make this a better team. Their head's in the right spot. 
you know, when you hire people, they go, you know, what attributes or um, abilities do you bring to the table? And they, you know, they rattle off, I'm on time, I'm, I'm a self-starter, and, you know, I have good ideas. You know, one of the last one, those good ideas, if you're listening, that might make your company so much more efficient, which of course trickles down the bottom line and makes your company a lot more profitable if you're listening to them. And so I've, when I, this guy's last consulting gig that I came back from, they had all three. They had a taskmaster, they had a negative Nancy, and then they had an owner that wasn't listening to them. They had all three of these scenarios that created a, a whirlwind of uh, negative energy. It was like this undercurrent inside the company that was just eroding away at all the efficiencies and the fun of being at this company. And it was just this cranky river that was flowing underneath the company of just sabotage. I would It was sabotage, for lack of a better term. It really was because they were sabotaging the good environment that it was. And for what? So they could be heard? So that they had to make a fuss? So were we toddlers again? Where we had to make such a fuss to be recognized or paid attention to? Maybe we go back to our innate ability when we don't get heard or we get frustrated. I, I don't know. You know, I, I'm sure Freud would have something to say about that. But in the end, they didn't listen, I guess. You know, as I'm kind of coming to this conclusion myself, as I'm talking out loud here, they didn't listen to each other. And that goes back to those relationships. And to have a good relationship, you have to have a good back and forth. You know, I've watched, I've watched, uh, this is on the personal side, but it's all part of relationships. I watched a couple come to the house. And at the beginning, they were happy, they were loving, they were just great. And then we had a few drinks. And as soon as that alcohol came and that liquid courage showed up, they started bickering at each other and being cranky. And all those, those feelings that they, they kept under wrap when they were sober started to come out. And I almost wanted to gaslight it. I really did. I'm not going to lie. I wanted to gaslight it and say, okay, we're getting real drunk here. Let's get down to the root of these problems. And I, sh- I should have done it and I should have recorded it. Because the next morning, while they're hung over and really cranky and upset, you should have played the tape for them of how they bickered and how cranky they were. Two things. Of course, they're going to be embarrassed. Who isn't? But number two, if you actually really truly looked at it, what are the really problems that they have, the underlying problems, the true, true problems? You know, perfect example. Uh, for me, if I get really, really stressed out, I get an ulcer. Is the ulcer the main problem or is it a symptom? It's a symptom. What's the main problem? I'm super stressed out. What's the real problem? I can't get past my day-to-day tasks to solve the problem at hand. So if I solve the problem at hand and not get stressed out, will I ever get an ulcer? No, I'm never going to get an ulcer. So if they were to actually look at that tape and see where the real problem was once the alcohol started flowing, and they really were speaking their true minds and they saw it at the real problem, they might have a chance to salvage a relationship. And you guys all have friends that have seen this. I'm not talking out of turn to you. You guys can point out a couple right now that are together that could be great together, but chose not to be great because of the little bickerings and the little insecurities and let those insecurities fester and they let those insecurities get bigger and bigger in their minds. And it's not the truth. Your employees, your teammates, your coworkers, it's the same thing. I know you don't have a personal relationship with them, but I hate to be the bearer of bad news you spend more time with them than you do your real relationship. So you might want to invest in that a little bit. I want every single company to succeed. I want every single company to be a Fortune 500. I want every single company to just be on the top of their game 
and doing the best they can at all times, because that's what makes me feel good. If I can be one of your support pillars while you're building your castle, I'm a happy camper. I'm super pumped to be there because that's what's going to be best for your company. And with this message I'm giving you guys today, take time to build the relationships that you have inside your four walls, because those you're going to stand the test of time a lot longer than a lot of the stuff outside of these four walls, because you spend more time here at work than you do at home. And that's just a sad reality of it. I appreciate all you guys' time. Thank you very much for listening and uh, make it a great week. <laughs>